What's up, King? Three kings in the building. We still do you know what we're talking about? Peace, King. Peace, King. Peace, King. <laughs> Sorry about that. Don't worry about what that was. Don't worry about what that was. Y'all let me know when we going. We're going. That's it? Yeah. It's ready to go. We record it. We can do whatever we want. Chop it up later. Oh. Hey, welcome everybody listening to the first episode of Three Kings. First. Oh, we have the other ones? <laughs> we ain't never do it with three. Well. The other ones had, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Chris was in there. Yeah, SC was in there. SC was in there. We can't, we can't bring those out. Why not? They knew what it was. Y'all knew what it was. Just like three kings. Check out your host. I guess we could feature them, I guess. Featuring on the first episode. We don't gotta drop it first. Yeah, oh okay, that is true. Well, welcome to the first episode. There you go. Of Three Kings. Three Kings. Three Kings. Man, so what are we talking about tonight? I don't know. We had a couple of topics that we were mulling around, right? We were thinking about talking on social media. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of hot topics out there right now, especially with the election or the uh, primary process going on. We could definitely talk about that. So oh, good. Man, don't get me started on that. Yeah, yeah there's a lot I'm, to say. So, I'm not very happy. I say you right now. I don't think a lot of people are very happy. Well, let's get into it. Why aren't we happy then? I mean, I don't like the moves made. I don't like the 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 um. I don't like the Democratic National Convention or. You know the whole the 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 match machination of what I've seen so far. I don't mm-hmm. like this whole coalesce behind Joe Biden garbage. I don't like that. Right. Yo, I'll just say it straight out. I think Joe Biden got some memory problems. I think he oh, might yeah. have some dementia problems. Oh wow, you seen him say um, that he's running he, for the Senate? Well, yeah, I seen I I seen all of those guys, mm-hmm. but the one that really kind of scared me was when he was like, "This is my wife and this is my sister," and he had it confused. Oh wait, yeah. <laughs> That's, that was, that was on Tuesday. Like, that was after they, he won. They switched on me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, nah, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, you gotta recognize which one's you. The wife. one I'm talking about, he said that he was running for Senate, and then he said, <laughs> he said. <laughs> Vote for me, but if not, vote for the other Biden. <laughs> I swear to God, that's what he said. Wow. And yeah, then man. he said, thanks. And he walked out like, he's not fit. I don't think he's fit. And I think, you know, the establishment is scared. I think what's happening is. No, the establishment wants that guy. No, I know. They're scared of Bernie's. what that's I'm saying. That's exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah. it is. Yeah. That's what you're and talking so about. So they're all, right? like you said, trying to coalesce behind him, but he's not the dude. He's man. not the dude. He's not the dude. Maybe and maybe 2016 Biden was the dude, but 2020 right. Biden is definitely not that dude. And he did not want to. I mean, they did not know what to do if he was going to run and Hillary was going to run uh, in 2016. But it's too right because they didn't late. know which one was corporate enough. Yeah, right. right. And to and you know, kind of to her, um, like to kudos Hillary. I would I would if it was Hillary versus Biden, I would go for Hillary. Because to me, her policies show um, that she's trying to help. You mean now or you mean 2016? 2016. Yeah. Like like you were saying, it was going to be whether Biden or Hillary. Right, right, right. So right. that would have been 2016 because yeah. she's not. Yeah. Okay. Right? No, I thought you were talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Biden but, didn't want to run. Right. He didn't want to run. But between the two of them, I would have picked her. 
But what people don't, what people, or what I'm seeing now with how well Joe Biden's doing is people downplayed how much people didn't like Hillary. Like, no one's addressed it mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Like, anywhere. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they're saying, like, Bernie, Bernie's numbers and Biden's numbers and Biden's catching up. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the places where Biden's doing better than Hillary's doing was was did do in 2018 is because people didn't like her. And it was just and mm-hmm. it's misinformation, I think, to tell you the truth. And I, I think that Biden right now, what we see, um, especially when he was endorsed by uh, uh, Clyburn in South Carolina, what we see happening with Biden, people are just attaching him to the Obama presidency. Obama presidency. Well, I terrible. think he could have wrote off of those coattails in 2016 and actually much did that, so. that, much that, better, yeah. yeah, that would have been and more strategic. I think strategic. he had his wits about him more so in 2016 mm-hmm. than he does now. Yeah. Listen, Hillary definitely had chops. She was in the White House as the first non-first lady, first lady, right? She right. was, she, you know, she's a smart woman. No, and, I'm not, and not just don't that. get it wrong. She's a smart woman. Mm-hmm. She has traits personally that I didn't like about her, and I can understand why people didn't like her. Mm-hmm. But given an adult situation where you got to make a choice, definitely I would choose her because I think she's smart enough, she's capable enough to handle the job, and she can react in the right ways that she needs to react. Now, when we talk about backing and the overall and the overarching goals of the candidates. I think she's a very much a centrist, much like Bill is, mm-hmm. much like Biden is, mm-hmm. much like, you know, where they want to say it, yeah. much like Obama was. Right. In, in mm-hmm. a lot of aspects, yes. Mm-hmm. But even when Bill was in the White House and she was pushing the, her Medicare, her Medicare healthcare. plan, healthcare yeah. plan, mm-hmm. that was really progressive back then. And that plan then turned into, the New York health um, healthcare plan for kids. Mm-hmm. Well, what, is Pennsylvania her, is her, too. Chip. Is her plan? Yeah, yeah, that's her Chip plan in Pennsylvania because that's where I was. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's why I saw the benefits when my yeah. oldest child was born. Yeah, right, Chip. So I, I think, and I think a lot of New Yorkers don't don't like her. You know, like north of Westchester, mm-hmm. but. Those same New Yorkers would be using that healthcare plan because it's a it's a decent plan. It's a good idea. I think with Hillary though, um, it was just too too much Clinton. Mm-hmm. I think they were saying, you know, we yeah. we had a Clinton already. We had a Bush Clinton, who did well. Bush, yeah, Clinton did well though. And I think, but I think she got a backlash from um, those in the Democratic Party, those in the. American populace yeah. who said we didn't want another Clinton in the White House. Um, yeah, but, but also, they also tilted the scale for her in 2016. The, the, the DNC's tilted the scale for her. And I didn't well, like that. Yeah, either. yeah. That's, and that's, that's, yeah. That, that was the problem because they're doing the same they thing didn't now. Tilt the scale. They stole it from yeah, yeah, Bernie. They, they just, up and down stole it from Bernie. Just even in the way they went about the process, how they schedule. Uh, uh, debates and when they would have debates and yeah. where they would have debates, how often, they, all that stuff. And, and, and right. Sunday night debates. Yeah. And the lady, I forgot her name. She was from Florida though, who Debbie Wasserman Debbie Schultz. Debbie Wasserman yes. Schultz. When she got caught out there and she was, she resigned. Yeah. I think in less than 24 hours, Hillary hires her. 
yeah. to work for her campaign. Yeah, and the damage was already done. Yeah. And if you're paying attention to that, then to me, I was like, oh, well, this is clear here that they're, they're trying to do whatever they got to do to make sure Bernie, uh, does not get the nomination. I think that the Democratic Party, the mainstream and those in power of the Democratic Party, that they are still, um, they are still maneuvering things in such a way so that Bernie Sanders <laughs> would not, will, won't get the, uh, won't get the nomination. So again, what you see happening is all this stuff that to me makes me look at the Democratic Party skeptically because, um, I do not believe they're acting democratically. I think they're trying to create a situation where people will believe they are in control of how things are shifting, but really they are not in control. Put it this way. Put it this way to me. I think it is the much um, further uh, treasonous act. Mm. It's a it's it's a betrayal of a democratic principle, which yeah. is, you know, one person, one vote. Mm-hmm. And now they're almost uh, mirroring the Republican conservative model mm-hmm. of I'm going to get this money. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get as much money from big donors as possible. And then I'm I'm going to keep the machine going the same way it's been going. I'm going to. If you look at if you look at um, Bloomberg, for instance, you know even when he was mayor, mm-hmm. he came in as in a, as a mayor, and 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 the the bigger idea is if I show this small effort of good faith on this side, it will open my it'll open my reach to enrich myself. Mm-hmm. On the other, on on the slide, so much easier, and that's why I could not be behind a Bluebird presidency because mm-hmm. I know if he comes in here with sixty something billion, he's gonna leave <laughs> the presidency with a hundred eighty billion, mm. with you know throwing scraps for for you know minorities and immigrants and all that. Mm-hmm. So once I saw that, um. Well, first I've been I've been a Bernie backer since 2016, mm-hmm. to tell you the truth, and mm-hmm. most of it is because nobody has spoken to the working the working population mm-hmm. like Bernie has from any of their policies. I know out there you can say what you want, you can think what you want, but I'm gonna tell you what I think, and that's if I see the machine coming after a guy like that, mm-hmm. then I know that's the guy I got to back. He's, he's, the, mm-hmm. he's the right direction because, to go in. Because they're upset. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? And I think what's happening now, what happened last time they said it, they said, look how they're going against Bernie because he's going against the machine, like you put it, right? Mm-hmm. And I kind of saw it, but I kind of didn't. And, you know, I wasn't really a Bernie um, guy back then uh, in 2016. But now... You can even see when they when when the other candidates dropped out of the race, mm-hmm. the reasoning for I mean, who drops out two days before Super Tuesday, mm-hmm. right? The, what is the reason? So you can coalesce those votes behind a candidate right. who more aligns with the views that you're trying to espouse, and and that's and that's another thing for me that that was really like, wait, what? 
because Buttigieg was what he was neck and neck with Bernie after that. Wait, hold on before you go. The best way to pronounce his name is Boot Edge Edge. That's what somebody told me. Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Thank Buttigieg. God, because I couldn't, I couldn't think of myself saying President Buttigieg. I was like, I, I was like, nah, B, you got me President, President B, B, yeah. B. <laughs> President B, B. <laughs> but yeah, the dude was neck and neck after the the first primary with, with Bernie. Why would you drop out? What are they? What do they? What do they say to you to make you drop out when you're that close? If I mean, you support me and I win. You can have a seat in my administration. Yeah, but this, the, the only thing, uh-huh. the only thing I was like, all right, maybe was this dude's bankroll wasn't keeping up with everybody else. Mm-hmm. So that, that could do that. But if you're neck and neck going into the, the second joint or Super Tuesday, right? Cause it wasn't the second joint. Well, he right. wasn't neck and neck. But he wasn't, sec- Biden just joint. won South Carolina. It was the, it was the, it was the, Right, so they did the Iowa caucus, which is where he came out right. and connected yeah. with Bernie. And did then they after New they Hampshire. did that, they did New Hampshire, where Bernie just smashed. Yeah, right. Right, and then South Carolina, Biden won. No, they did another one after that. They did Nevada first. Nevada and and Bernie, Bernie smashed in yeah. Nevada, yeah. And, then and then South Carolina and Bur- and and Biden won. Biden. And then so Super that, Tuesday. But wouldn't that put him in third? He was in third then for Super Tuesday. But the way that the delegates were breaking down. He, he was too far behind. Yeah, he was too far behind. It was now some yeah, but thought so that was they were but most people thought they were gonna wait till Super Tuesday yeah. to see how it played out. But you have people who were beginning to call for people so you have certain Democrats, certain but who feel like the the, the the party's too fractured, people we gotta make sure we bring it together and the faster we do it, the better it is for when we get into this general election. Maybe they bow down to some of that pressure. Yeah, but, but my thing is this, like Amy Klobuchar, for instance, mm-hmm. her whole campaign is "I will fight," right? That, yeah. Like the, that's her campaign slogan. Yep. So then, why are you gonna lay down and show your belly? That's not fighting. Yeah, yeah, it's just a that's, slogan. That's but, something else. But, <laughs> so then, yeah. So I then, mean, why would I back you from the beginning if we, the first time you feel some pressure? That's you, not what it is, though. It's it's we don't see the sausage making, right? Mm-hmm. It's because what's going on behind the scenes. Is that they all represent the same constituency and they all, and they don't even really care about that. They all represent the same political views, right? Whatever those views are. I don't, I'm not going to speculate on what they are. I mean, I have my ideas, but I'm not going to speculate. Well, just on say them. moderate. Right. So, mm-hmm. so they know at this point in those early voting states that if they don't get a significant percentage of those voting states, they're not going to win. Mm-hmm. Those early voting states mean more than any of the other states that come later on. Mm-hmm. Because you're closer, especially on Super Tuesday, you're closer to win it, winning the amount of delegates that you need. Now, if there are people, just say, for instance, uh, the two who are most on the left were, say, Bernie, obviously, and Warren, which I kind of don't believe, but Warren. Yeah, they're, let's just, they're the two from, let, from their policy. Yeah, we can get into that argument. I mean, Warren <laughs> was a Republican <laughs> And she did espouse a lot of centrist views up until very recently. Mm -hmm. But let's just for argument's sake say that those were the two on the left. Those were only two on the left. Everybody else was very centrist. Biden, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, Bloomberg, all of them were very- Tulsi (laughs) Gabbard. She's number three right now. I don't know. Don't sleep on Tulsi. But from, you're saying like from the beginning, they all knew they had 
<laughs> so what what happens is it dilutes yeah the potential delegate count that each one of them are going to get mm-hmm. versus only two of them who are on the left. Mm-hmm. So they're saying let's put our votes behind this one guy because even though that guy's not me, he represents me and mm-hmm. my interests or whatever they are. And so let's and go. And he's doing the and, best and right now. And so. he's doing the best right now at this point where it's crucial to be doing well. No. So at, before Super Tuesday, let's get him the only guy to be the only guy who represents these views and gets all those votes from those mm-hmm. from those states that are voting that day. Mm. And so they can then overcome, which is exactly what they did. It's 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 a strategy that they that yeah. they imp- implemented. It wasn't because they were scared. It, it it's strategic. And and it's, so what they get. Let me just yeah, just yeah. just finish that point. Is that what they get out of it? Is either a promise that some of their policies that they want to implement are going to be implemented or they're going to get some sort of position in the administration yeah. if the person they but, back wins. But that's just as bad as taking money from the Koch brothers. Facts. That's just as bad. Facts. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, Which is why they hate Bernie so much because you know when they say both sides are the same, I hate to say it, but it almost rings true because mm-hmm. the, the like you said, the machinations are the same. I think they are. And I think I think that the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are just different sides of the same the, coin as far as how they go about making sure their interests are represented, how they run their their uh, not conventions, but how they run get to the point where they can identify a nominee. I think they're very similar uh, as far as the, the 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 strategies and the tactics that they use. Uh, I also keep in mind that you know Bernie Sanders is not a true Democrat; he is an independent. He he did run as a democrat well I he think. had to yeah, yeah to, i think yeah. he ran as a democrat because he felt like in this two-party system that's the only would, way get exposure. that would give it his best chance that's the only way it's, get actually, exposure. it's actually what what made me switch from being an independent in new york mm-hmm. is because an independent has no say in primary no voice no vo- yes. yeah so, i had to switch yeah I'm, I'm independent in thinker uh, uh in voting and, and but you're right in New York you as know, a registered no yeah, I, was, I was that's what I'm saying yeah, I was a too. registered independent, independent voter until I found out that we, I yeah, could not participate exactly. in the primaries I switched and I think I did that when um, Obama was running that's when I found that and I yeah. had to switch. Super Tuesday notwithstanding though do you think the black vote is becoming more independent no no not when I see what happened with Joe yeah. Biden in the South but that's what I'm saying with, with not, Clyde- notwithstanding Super Ooh. Tuesday. No, because I think even um, what was his his uh, uh, governor or congressman Clyburn, congressman, congressman yeah. yeah, yeah. The second he put, he stumped for him out in yeah. South Carolina. He stumped the for him, and he, he didn't went to North Carolina. Thing, did it too? Yeah, his his bid in for him, that's a big deal because the dude was you know civil rights in the sixties. Understood, but what I'm saying is, like we're here midlife, us in our age right now. Mm-hmm. And it seems, because we haven't really taken a poll, that we all are kind of polling or pulling behind Bernie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pulling for Bernie. <laughs> make, no make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. I'm definitely progressive. I feel like he's I feel like I feel like they're not going to give Bernie the nominee. So I'm probably more centrist than the two of you. Mm-hmm. But weirdly, I'm still pulling for Bernie. Mm-hmm. So the question I'm asking is, are we becoming more independent as a voting block dependent on the age range, right? Because I think the younger generations definitely are more progressive. Right. Yeah. Not just politically, but in, in some of the ways that we were talking about earlier before we started recording. Yep. But 
I, I mean, we're mid, mid, middle age. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like saying that. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's true. But we're middle age yeah. and, and, and we grew up more like the older generation mm-hmm. in terms of being outside, this and that. We can get mm-hmm. into that later. Mm-hmm. But we are so far from them politically that I feel like we're becoming more independent. We're, we're not just a monolith mm-hmm. as much as we used to be. I mean, we still are, right? We're still going to vote Democrat. Mm-hmm. But I think we're not as much of a monolith as we used to be in the older generation kind of still is. They're the ones who vote. Those are the ones who ain't doing nothing and go to the, the polls and vote. And that's why they showed out for Biden. Mm-hmm. Plus the fact that oh, everybody else dropped out. So, but, but is it changing is what I'm asking, right? Yeah. I guess that's a question you can ask all the time for every generation. Mm. When we get older, will we become moderate? Or are we going to stay where we are right now? Or are we going to even progress further to the left? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think my like my my parents' generation was as moderate or as left leaning as we are at this this age that we're at now. Mm. Yeah, I think a, a, a lot has to be said as far as timing. I think even ge- geography, geographically, where people are, has a lot to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, exposure to yeah, the I think to media. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Uh, political efficacy. I think that. Um, are you just yeah. throwing out buzzwords? No, no. I think no, no. no. But I'm thinking our political <laughs> uh, efficacy. I'm saying I don't know if everyone's as involved in the political process or pays attention to it like we do. I think um, I won't say we, but I mean for when you look at it in totality, I don't know if we are. Oh, I need representative to say, I need of to, the I need majority. To say this. Yeah. I need to say this right now. Black people, you got to get involved. Got to. You got to get involved. And even if it's just to educate yourself about what's going on. Yeah. It's a civic duty. Yeah. Not even that. I no, no, that. Specific <laughs> duty. But I think with the, tr- not the trick, but I think the, the issue is, I think if people get involved locally and in state, they begin to, I think that Understand. is a good way to yeah. inform your, how yeah. you do things nationally. Yeah. I think what happens is traditionally people look at what's happening nationally and they use that to try to inform them. Locally, Locally and, yes, and, and they got to do it the other way. You got to do it the other way yeah. around. When I start looking at what I would like to see locally and what I would like to happen locally where I live, that informs how I look at these national candidates. And um, yeah, man, I, I just I I don't know if 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 black folks as a group, ha, ha, if we are ready to step out of this two-party system in a sense and I'm, i know that's not what you're asking but i'm saying when you look at what the democrat mainstream democratic party is calling for or what they want to do or how they want to do about it i think that's a very moderate centrist and i'm saying that centrist in the sense that if we were in another day or time you could you could almost say it was republican in in a way yes yeah and, and so so how do we prescribe to them a way of trying to figure out what their political alignment is. Like, I feel like you should take the top three or five oh, things uh, yeah. that are important to yeah. you. Yeah. And who, whose political agenda aligns with your goals best? Or even, or even because most times I'll say, I'll say, um, if you're going to talk, if you're going to talk political or I'm sorry, if you're going to talk politics with somebody that, especially the ones you necessarily don't agree with or the ones that call themselves out as something that you don't align with mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. 
the first things you got to do is talk about the things you agree on. I feel like the first thing, the first things I would talk to a conservative Republican or a moderate Democrat about is, um, like clean water, mm-hmm. clean air, mm-hmm. healthcare. Mm. You That's know what I mean? One. I start, I start there. Uh, I start there because. No, there, there is literally no one that says, I want dirty water to drink. Right. Mm-hmm. I would like to drink dirty water. Right. right. I right. want polluted air in my lungs. Right. Yeah. There's, there's, I want to owe tons and tons of money if I go to school. Yeah. I want, I want, uh, lead dumped in my, in my back. Yeah. And then when I go get it taken care of at the hospital, I want to owe tons and tons of money. Right. Yeah. But, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But a lot of these conservatives don't live in these neighborhoods that experience that. Right. But, they I hear can what you're have saying. that conversation because right, right, right. they're they're familiar with it. Mm-hmm. I've 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 come to find they're familiar with it. It doesn't happen in their backyard, so maybe they don't necessarily Naive. care about it. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, I won't even say that because there's a lot of ones that know, but it's not happening. In, was it NIMBY? Not in my backyard, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, so which I think contributes to naivete, though, because they don't understand the impact. In in in, I don't want to say it's naive. I think they. Do, I think, I think it's they more do. Lack of empathy. I want to say yeah. They, I but say they do. There is lack of empathy. But I'm talking about when you when that thing becomes from generation to generation to generation. You know, if I'm if I'm if I'm a young kid who grows up in a in a in a privileged community and I don't even look at I don't have to look at pollution or look at dirty water, it doesn't become real to me but you know what i've come to find that it's worse than that mm-hmm. i come to find that it's worse than that because i've i've worked with kids of conservative republicans mm-hmm. and these kids don't earn like their parents do right these kids don't live like their parents do these kids don't own like their parents do yet they hold the views that their parents hold and they don't I don't think they realize mm-hmm. that the policies they support are antithetical to their life. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of like just hereditary. Like it's hereditary. Like you you gain a lot of things from your parents mm-hmm. and they I remember I was in college and I was talking to this one girl and she was cool and she smart and all that stuff. And it was around the time when Bush was running for his first term. And her parents were conservative. Her parents were Republicans. So mm-hmm. she was voting for Republican. And I asked her, why is she voting Republican? And she said, well, he's kind of cute. <laughs> and that just kind of blew me away because I was like, why are you not more informed than that? Mm-hmm. And how are you responsible for electing somebody who's going to run the country based off of mm-hmm. a a something you know something as as not important as being good looking or whatever right. but whatever this is what i think it's more important that he was trying to put food on his family on his family <laughs> <laughs> my favorite bush game well you know <laughs> that's my favorite bush game that might be that might be important and you guys have done some that i know i don't know if i'm really i won't say i'm not willing to do but i haven't done much as i don't really I don't really talk to people who are outright conservatives. I just feel like there's too much gap for me to even have a, a conversation. Uh, I'm not saying that's necessarily a good thing, yeah. but I just don't focus on them. I just think there's a whole lot more people who are on the other side of the end that 
trying to organize those folks and trying to get those folks together, uh, we can drown out well, some of that I know, stuff. I, I, think know that's gr- I think that's grassroots, though. And I think well, we that's have, what I am. Yeah. I think we have, but I think we have, as if you're going to represent a grassroots movement, you have to talk to those people because there was, uh, I can't remember the dude's name, Daryl something or another. And this is a guy who uh, was is a musician mm-hmm. and he, I don't want to say infiltrated the KKK, but he's converted a lot of the members of the KKK out of the KKK. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I bring him up just to say that, you know, you said basically that all politics is local, right? Mm-hmm. You got to start locally mm-hmm. and branch out. Mm-hmm. Daryl Davis. Daryl Davis. And I think it's the same thing with understanding and trying to get people to be empathetic towards other people's plights, <clears throat> excuse me, and views. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to start local. You have to start with the people who espouse the opposing views, mm-hmm. uh, in order to, you know, make it a bigger thing, uh, and, and be more effective on a wider scale. I don't think you can start large and, or, and or ignore, um, and not, have contact with people of different political stripes. There's one anecdote that I want to throw out there right now that I I um, encountered a few weeks ago with a coworker of mine, a young coworker of mine. Mm-hmm. And we talk about empathy and understanding where people are coming from, and and that being the reason why they have certain beliefs and vote a certain way. Um, so I, you know, the vernacular in today's world um, that's pretty pervasive is is kind of urban right mm-hmm. like words like dope mm-hmm. or you know whatever those kinds of words are pervasive throughout <clears throat> uh young culture right now mm-hmm. um and not just young black culture right and just young culture and so to to go back to the topic of understanding where things come from you know they this one gentleman that i work with was saying uh you know oh that's dope and this and this and that and saying a lot of the vernacular that is is popular today but didn't understand one that that word and those terms came from the black community Mm -hmm. and not only did they come from the black community but they came from the black community out of the 70s and 80s and 90s so they're old words and he thought there were brand new terms that were you know part of this subculture that they live in now not something that came from the black community Mm -hmm. so he said to me jokingly he was like man White people could never be cool. And he's a white guy. Mm-hmm. And I, was, I laughed to myself, but he just didn't understand. He didn't have that background. He just mm-hmm. didn't have the knowledge to understand that that's where that stuff came from. So, And there was a time where he would be looked down upon if he for said saying that word dope. Like that. Around yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That like yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But this is my point, mm-hmm. that they have no understanding, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. So they have no empathy. Mm-hmm. Because NIMBY, not in my back, it's not happening to me, so it can't be happening. Right. You get what I'm saying? So I think to tie it all together, we have to commune with people of different political beliefs and stripes so that they see you as just a normal person. Like they can empathize with you on a day to day basis. You go to work just like they go to work. You try to provide for your family just like they try to provide for their family. You love your kids and you don't want anything to happen to them just like they love their kids and don't want anything to happen mm-hmm. to them. Cause I truly believe that they've been, I don't want to say brainwashed, but taught or they feel that 
we don't feel the same way about our kids that they feel about their kids. Mm. And that's just an example of it. So which is why they don't have that a false sense of superiority yeah, that they, makes you think like Yes, that. well if you if you if even if you're being taught that and if you believe that you somehow care more for your children than another human being cares for their children. If you think that I care, if I think I care more for my children than a bear cares for her cub, I mean, something about that, I think is, there's something that I'm saying is innately different about me than you, which I'm saying in, in that particular example that you gave is a false sense of superiority. Yeah, but where does that come from? The king to my left. A racist said system. That's, that's something that's passed down. Yeah. Right? We talk systematically. About People get these. I'm a Republican because my parents were a Republican. Mm-hmm. You know, we all, we also get it in the religious aspect, right? Mm-hmm. People are a particular religion because their, their parents, parents were a particular right. religion, right? Right. So, so I'm not saying that they don't have the responsibility to be curious and understand the world around them. But at the same time, part of it is that they've been force fed this from they were, they were born, mm. you know, the day, from day one mm-hmm. and they don't know any different. So, Part of it is for us to be empathetic, too, towards that and say, all right, how can we not necessarily responsibility, but if we want to affect change, how can we relate to them on a level that allows them to see us as the same as them and then talk about our needs, wants and and who represents those? So I think one of the things I do as a grassroots organizer is that I think I've had to learn how to do um, is when I'm with a constituency or group of people that I identify with. So let's say, for example, the black community, I organize with the black community and we're organizing around certain things locally, things that we would like to see happen. Mm. One of the things that I had to learn to do is be effective in organizing and making sure that, um, uh, my allegiance is to that to that community, irregardless of what any other community feels about me or that community. I'm gonna strike it down. Irregardless is not a word. Oh, oh, oh it's not a word. It's not a word. It will be tonight on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, that's language. Watch this tennis <laughs> so, match back and forth. That's language. So, so all that I'll say is one of the Go things. Learn today. Yeah, one of the things I try not to do is, and I, and and it might be a gift. It may be a gift of someone to say, "Hey, man, let me reach out to this community so that they can see, or so that we could commune." I'm I'm just saying that's not my gift. That I really have had to teach myself to not really, I want to see value. The The fact that black people feel, and I'm just using black because that's how I, where I organize, but this could be any group. So the group I identify with, say for instance, I organize at a grassroots level, a lot of inner city black communities. I hold their thoughts, their, 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 their values valid. And it doesn't matter to me who else doesn't see that. As valid, and I'm not really trying to convince other folks it's valid, mm. because black folks, for example, have hard have had a hard time viewing and valuing themselves mm. as valid because of the way systems have operated and policies have gone forth that we have for a lot of uh, for a long time been conditioned to say, well, 
if so-and-so doesn't feel this way, then something must be wrong with me. I have mm. to convince so-and-so that my pain is legitimate, mm. but it takes so-and-so to recognize my pain before even I myself it. legitimize mm. my pain. So mm -hmm. I say that to say how I organize, I don't really, and, and that's why I said, you know, for me, let's say I'm, I'm a political progressive. I don't really spend a lot of time trying to convince conservatives that, um, certain thoughts and positions I take are valid. I would really want the people who have similar convictions as mine to really, really begin to value our own voice and, and really believe within ourselves. If we believe it's a problem, that makes it valid. And I think that the way the numbers break out, just because of the way the system is, I think that there's more of us, when I say us progressive, let's say there's more progressives, uh, there's more working people, there's more people who understand that side of the coin than the other side. So, but there's also there's also a problem, um, and that problem is the uh, the machine or what I call what I would call the machine is the people in power is the the one percent. They have a amazing ability to convince these working people mm. that they can one day be this power elite and temporarily embarrassed millionaires and exactly exactly mm -hmm. and 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 for that reason they're like well these policies are unjust these why why would you tax the one percent one day I'll be the one percent. Right. I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna be the one percent. Right. And and that policy is unfair. And the way you do that is to pull yourself up from the bootstraps. Never mind that pulling yourself up from bootstraps is physically impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. No, I know what you said. But no, that 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 is definitely. Um, so it's almost the same thing. For instance, it's almost this. No, I get it, not stand. But it also, we're having this argument over irregardless, which I understand the point. Irregardless is like a double negative. Like you, I just should have said regardless, right? But I just wanted him to say, you know, why? Why are you focusing, man? Well, I guess they say <laughs> that going. they said it's a, language it says, is a living language. Yeah. Language is living it and amorphous. It's indeed a word, time. albeit a clunky word. But, but you but, ain't gonna catch my ass saying it regardless. <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> I said it. Um, but I think what you were articulating, uh, Andrew, is the same thing. Um, this hope to be the one percent. So why do this to the one percent? Yeah. Right. That 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 does exist with folks who are privileged, even some working class folks who believe that one day they will work hard and long enough to be that. Right. So one day I'm gonna be in that group. So, but and missing all of the policies, all of the laws that are made to make sure that they never. Mm -hmm. Ever, well, I think if they continue of, on that path, they'll never join that. 1%. But 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 you can. I think part of it too is that the 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 vast majority of people are somewhere in the middle class, and that's the only place where any money is going to be made, mm -hmm. and that's the only place where any decisions are going to be made in terms of like you know uh, elections and things of that nature, right? It's the middle class. The vast majority of people are in now. They have these artificial striations of what middle class is: lower middle class, middle class, upper middle class, this, that, and the third. Mm -hmm. But people are just middle class. I find myself sometimes thinking, "All right, I'm trying to invest 
I'm trying to save for the future in these vehicles that they say we should be using to make a certain percentage of money on our money over just putting it in a bank account, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if somebody comes back with some policies that potentially may affect my investment vehicles, you know, am I going to, do I want to vote that person in? Now, the problem is, is that most people don't understand that I'm not in a class with Michael Bloomberg, and he's the super extreme, mm-hmm. yeah. right? I'm not even in a class with somebody who's trading on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. I'm not in a class with a, a big wig director or VP in one of them Fortune 500s. Mm-hmm. So the problem is, is the striations of class that we classes that we put ourselves in, mm-hmm. right? Or not that they put us in, not even that we put ourselves in, because it's that the classes that they put us in, mm-hmm. right? And it's tax brackets. Like there are so many different angles that they classify you as and put you in a box that you feel like you belong to a certain class, substructure, or stru- substructure of groups. Whoa. <laughs> That's easy for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't. Though. Irregardless. <laughs> so German. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just difficult to escape that mindset that I'm trying to do my best. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get to this position where I'm comfortable. And I feel like if I get to that position where I'm comfortable, somebody's going to come and take it away because it's happened before. Like I've had just, I've had healthcare that was good. Yeah. And every year my costs go up mm-hmm. and every year my benefits go down. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You just perpetually being taken advantage of, and you feel like if I can only escape that circle, then when I get there, I don't want nobody coming after me. That's mm-hmm. funny. You we got to change that mentality. That's mm-hmm. funny you said that because mm-hmm. there is an, another illustration, and that is the idea of I have insurance now. You know, like there's people that's like, okay, I have insurance. I've never not had insurance. I have insurance mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. but. They've been out of the loop so long that now they have insurance. They don't know that they're underinsured, mm, so they, they can't they, even they use. Feel like they they can't the even use it. Mm-hmm. Can't even use it just because they have insurance. Because because mm. there's aspects of it that if they were to use, they will be bankrupt. Yeah, from one real easy quick, one real easy quick procedure. You got a five thousand dollar limit on the year. It's January. Yeah. Oh, I should do it. Yeah, or right? your out of pocket limit and your deductibles that happen all the time, it's just, and then you cope. New ways, man. It's just new ways. You can you 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 might need a procedure, and if you do it, you max out, mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, well, that's a good deal. I'm maxed out for the rest of the year. I ain't gotta pay. I ain't gotta pay anything. Yeah. So you go do it, but what's your limit for that year? Five thousand. Then you gotta pay family out of paying ten thousand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. That's life changing money right yeah, there. Yep. Yeah. It happens. And when you're, that's per year. <laughs> when happens. you're accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. oppression. Yes. And, and, and the issue is yes. there's so much inequality that trying to fix this thing and trying to make it more balanced. Yeah. Those who have some of the privileges that we uh, are accustomed to things, you know. It might I, feel what like I don't get too. is this upper echelon of people. What mm-hmm. do they want? Is it money or is it power? Because like, yes. you, you think, but, yeah. but look at Bloomberg, right? Bloomberg ran the big the 
the most vibrant city, however you want to call it, New York, mm-hmm. right? He was the mayor of New York. Right. Bloomberg, while he was the mayor of New York, acquired most of his wealth yes. during that tenure, right? Yes. The dude is worth what? $60 billion? Is that how yeah, much he's yeah. worth? Well, it's 59 and a half, being that he spent $687 million <laughs> on, on his campaign. Have, his you, campaign. have you seen these memes? Yeah. They're crazy. Not. So, so there's the, there's this one meme where all of the candidates who drop out of the race are in this picture like they're going to heaven, right? It's like this <laughs> hole in the sky. There's clouds around it, but there's a hole in the sky. It looks like they're going to heaven. And each, every time each one drops out, they're added to that picture, mm. right? <laughs> when Bloomberg dropped out, they put gates up. <laughs> no, but then they finally allowed him in, but mm. instead of a picture of him, they used a hundred dollar bill that was on fire. Oh man! <laughs> um, oh man! Come on, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But but my point is, it, my, my question is this: like, maybe it's just because I'm not there, I don't understand. But when you have that much money, what else is there? When you have that much power and influence, what else how, is there? How, more power and influence. Yes, more. Yeah. That's money? why you run for president, right? If he if he. Right, right, like what you said, he came in to be a man in New York. Yeah. Um, he threw what what I what I would call breadcrumbs. It might his breadcrumbs is a lot bigger than my breadcrumbs. <laughs> it's a lot you bigger understand? than my meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. understand? Right. But his breadcrumbs that he threw out to minorities and and the underprivileged is what. Open the floodgates to fatten his coffers. Mm. So, and that's as mayor in New York. I mean, New York's a, the biggest city population wise, or the second biggest. I think, I think, it, I think it's the I think biggest. most popular city, I think. Yeah. So, it's not, it's not something to batch your eye at if you become mayor in New York. You know what I mean? And you can see that by his bottom line. Mm. The next thing to do would be to say, okay, I'm gonna be the president so of these the are entire just United notches States. Notches in people's belts is what at you're this, saying. At this point, on yes. a bedpost, they yeah. knocking stuff well, down. When you, what yeah. else is there for what? Bloomberg to and do? Then, right? And then, and then, once he, if he was to get that notch, so he could be the next Elon Musk. You know what Elon is doing? If he was to get, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. If he was to get that notch, was he take his sixty-two to? What does he take his sixty billion to? No, I I know that's my that's my and that, question. And, that, and that's the goal. What, to what end? That's the goal. He wants to find out. He wants to get there. So if he was to, if you had to look, I I wish I knew what his total net worth was before he became New York mayor, right? But the, but if you look at that, and then you look at how much he made when he came out as New York mayor, and you look at that, all right. So now that's his bottom line to run as president. Mm-hmm. And then what's the bottom line after his term as president? It would it would have to be, you know, X amount fold. But that's still not addressing the question. Which powers the next move? But that that still doesn't answer the question I'm asking. To throw more bread. What is the end game? More money. Like you can to rule the world. But you can never <laughs> rule the world. One and two. America pa- thinks you can. Even if you, even if you did rule the world, mm-hmm. your power is fleeting. Right? You're going mm-hmm. to die. Somebody's going to overthrow you. Whatever the case may be, you're not going to be in power forever. So, what is the end game? I don't understand a legacy. 
A legacy of what? You want to be written in the history books and taught about? They do. Yeah, but who reveres, you know, th- we've had. Our history books. Every president gets a library when there will be a Trump library. Who goes to those libraries? I don't know. I don't. But I do know there's a library named after them. I do know those presidents get their names written. But long when after you are them. dead, you reap zero benefits from any of that stuff. Ego, ego and pride, all that stuff. I is don't real. understand what the ends yeah. and justifications are. I mean, and, that, and I think that's, that's what kills me. Like, and that's why I'm sorry that I can understand more so, especially now in 2020, a man like Bernie over somebody like Bloomberg mm-hmm. or somebody who has a lot of money because he's doing it for the betterment of others. That's where I feel the real benefits are for right. you personally. Like when you do something for somebody else, it's almost selfish in that you feel good because you did that for somebody. Because you help somebody. Because you help somebody, right. right? That's the benefit. That's the reward that you get. And I feel like that's why but when your reward is just more accolades, more money, more notoriety, it just seems like something that's always fleeting that you're always chasing. Right, right. And it just doesn't make sense to me, and that's why I can't mess with any of these. And I think, and I think that's what happens when you begin to accumulate wealth to the point where it doesn't matter how much wealth you accumulate, it doesn't really make any difference, right? He can't buy any bigger house than he has, no matter how much more he makes. He can't do anything more than he's already done. It's something else that they're chasing after. Do you um, think they know something that we don't because they're in a privileged position and that's why they're going as hard as they're going for these things? Is Do you think wow. there's some some truth <laughs> that they're privileged to that we're not privileged to? Man, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Presidents? Yeah. You think this Presidents, is- you, get, you get a whole rundown. Yeah, not only presidents, though, because, I mean, He's like saying- I said, these guys who are going hard, even though they basically have everything. Yeah. Do they have access to some truth that we don't? Well, like, well, like you said, or I think it's actually more. Um, it's been like documented throughout history. People want their names in the songs, and people want their names in in the records. Yeah, people want their name attributed to deeds mm-hmm. towards humanity. People want. You know, it and it is it's it it it's about power and it's about having power for pride. So that for instance, if I was to follow, you know, down the rabbit hole and and you know, some miracle I join this one percent and I have all this wealth and I have all this power, you know, what's what's the next goal? Is is me influencing the world with my power. It's not just to have it. It's like, what am I going to do? It. How am I going to make an impact on on human history? To How do be I live in forever? The, in the to be in the record books. How do I live forever? How do I live? What am forever? I going to do? What am I going to? How how? What am I going to make happen that I can? That no one will ever be able to say I didn't do that because it's 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 recorded that I did that. And it's more, it's more. Even though the records will be smashed eventually. Yes. And it's more, I don't want to say <laughs> shocking or spectacular, but it's more, credible is not even a word either. 
it's more shocking, I'll say for lack of a better term, I can't think of a better word, when somebody who is not privileged, who has not come from a privileged position, can impact history and, 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 and have things attached to them and they were not connected in that way versus those folks who have all this money who, who, who I think manipulate and set up things so that they could, in my word, live forever, whether it be in history books, in, in monuments, Things but, like that. But here are my two things, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, you, like I said, you're going to die. So yes. anything that you've done for the ends of just being remembered, not for helping people, mm-hmm. because I feel like there are truly people whose goals is to help other people, and those people can be remembered and mm-hmm. should be remembered and are remembered, I think, some mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. But if your end goal is just to leave a legacy, right? Who remembers who invented the refrigerator? Does anybody? Because I don't. No. Right? But I could find out, though. You could certainly can. Mm-hmm. But only because I asked that question. It's recorded. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you're only going to go and find out if because I asked that question. Right. You're not... like. I know Thomas God- Crapper invented what? the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> That's an interesting fact. Yeah. But <laughs> and and but there's a there's a reason why you remember that, right? I'm sure. And I'm saying there are some people who are in the annals of your memory without even having to look it up. Right. The Martin Luther Kings, the Malcolm X's, the Mahatma Gandhi's the you know JFK's the there are a list of people out there who you can just call out by name because they've been drilled into your head that these are those guys right mm-hmm. well you should know who invented the refrigerator why should I know is it because his name is Oliver Evans <laughs> sure is Uncle Oliver <laughs> you know him you love him and I might be related to <laughs> you him might be related to him. But this, <laughs> this, this is my point is that people who do things just to be remembered are rarely ever remembered. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we remembered Steve Jobs because he, during our lifetime, was transformative. Mm-hmm. But is he going to last the test of time? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so my point is like these guys are have futile endeavors in trying to be remembered and revered for things that are really not going to be transformative and and be anything that to be remembered for. I don't know if they look at it like you do, though. I think they strive to be and to contribute in such a way that they will be remembered. We should go around and ask and take a poll mm-hmm. of who knows who invented the refrigerator. Now, we know because no, we just looked it up. Yeah, but I wouldn't know. But if you go around and ask and say who who made the I have a dream speech to tell you, to tell you the truth, I but think that's, those are the two. That's what I'm saying. Different to tell you the truth, buckets I, of people I'm talking about. I right. think inventions are different. I think inventions are different because that's practical to life. Mm-hmm. All right. So you let's let's I mean? say let's say Mother Teresa or Mahatma Gandhi or Martin Luther King. Right. These people didn't invent anything, but they they espoused movements. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So if that's what we're talking about with these super opulent, rich uh, people, you know, the Bill Gates of the world, right, who are now 
putting in tons of resources into AIDS research. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But is he doing that just for his legacy? It seems that way to me. Mm-hmm. Right? And I can't knock him because he's actually doing something. But is he going to be remembered for that? Like, who, how many people, what's the percentage of people who knows about the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation? Right. Like, you can't do it just to be remembered. Right. You get what I'm saying? Well, I think leaving a legacy, some people leave scholarships, leave, philant- they do all this philanthropy, philanthropy, philanthropic stuff. Sing it, boy. Yeah, you know. That's easy for you to say. (laughs) (laughs) So they do all these things. But I do think uh, for a lot of those who are in that upper 1%, they do a lot of, once you have all that, all the material that you have, what else drives you, I think, is you're trying to figure out how else you can leave an impact or how can you leave an impact that outlasts you. Um. And I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing, but I think that's what drives a lot of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I know we we coming down to the end of this episode. So let me just ask you all, you know, what would you what advice would you give someone who is uh, contemplating whether or not to participate in this election or how to participate in this election? What, what advice would you all give that person? Educate yourself. Participate in every election. It's your civic duty. Do it. Beyond it being your civic duty, you know, you have a duty to yourself Mm -hmm. and, you know, figure out exactly educate yourself, figure out who aligns best with your goals and and your society's goals, your family's goals. You know, you you, you start local Mm -hmm. yourself and then you you wane out your family, your neighborhood, your your town, your city, Mm -hmm. your state, you know, so on and so forth. Who aligns with those people who align with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that. Uh, everyone should. I, I I like to stress voter education, uh, along with voter registration. Doesn't you know? I don't want nobody voting for somebody because they cute, right? I want you to mm. vote for somebody because you know uh, how their platform relates to uh, the things uh, in your life. So um, I make it real easy, though. Mm-hmm. I make it real easy. If you're rich, you're gonna vote for Trump because he's gonna help you out the most. Mm-hmm. But if you're anybody else. You're gonna want to vote for Bernie. Well, that sounds easy, but I heard. I, let me hear. Let me tell you what I heard somebody say, and I heard. I think it was a comedian earthquake on his show on Sirius. Radio. He says something like, "We need a revolution, but now is not the time." Mm. It's Which never, now is never. The yeah, time. to me that sounds so counterproductive. Like, yeah. yo, we need a revolution. It's fear based, but now's not the time. It's so fear-based. he was trying to basically say. No, not Bernie. We need what Bernie's articulating, but well, no. now is not the but time. No, not now. Well, no, when now is, is the time. Yeah, when is the time? If you're saying now you need something, why wouldn't it be the no, time? No, 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 no. You gotta be. You gotta be wary of procrastinators. Mm-hmm. For instance, I don't. I don't. You know, I know earthquakes comedy. Yeah, and I don't know if it was earthquake iPod, but that's what I heard it on that show. But here's Bible. But here's yeah, my, that's why I cleared it up real quick. Here's my here's my problem. The dude make more money. He makes money. Yeah. So who's his you know, interest? Will, exactly. A lot of people's first deal is the economic interest mm-hmm. because economics is going to affect the broadest aspects of each of our lives mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. So if I got money, am I if, am I am I against a tax a tax cut? No. Because there's more money in my pocket. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
as somebody who is looking at these policies, is looking at the whole deal, if you're not rich, there is no way you can vote for a centrist Democrat who's going to perpetuate Middle Eastern war forever. Mm-hmm. Because that's part of the machine is yeah. the military industrial complex. It's jobs, right? That's the us always a thing. We gotta make more weapons. We gotta keep bombing because those are manufacturers. Even though it's empty manufacturers, that that money goes into a bomb and it's gone. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the type of thing to do. The dude, the centrist dude, dudes, all of them, all of them are not interested in a public education. All of them. I feel and I and I, I I think they're interested in a public education that they can control. Just not a public education that gives people actual Right, they're knowledge. all about charter schools, this private is, money and 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 you know, that that doesn't help most of the people. That helps you if you're rich. Again. Yeah. You know, I I have a hard time saying that about all rich people because I think there are some rich people that do see and i think there's a good amount of people who do see the benefit in somebody like bernie uh even though they're rich and i think we can't broad with that broad of a stroke but i do i think what we this (laughs) i noticed (laughs) i can tell Uh, (laughs) what i think like i said we gotta figure out people who align with what our goals are we have to commune with people and not necessarily educate them because that shouldn't be our responsibility or our goal, but just be with people because I think we have too much identity politics that's running rampant right now, whatever that may be. Um, there are a lot of different categories of it, and I think we need to get away from it and start to understand we have more in common with each other than we than we don't. Yeah, with each other, and but if- rich people, they're, they're trying to fuck us, man. I'm sorry to keep it blunt to you, but that's what the deal is. <laughs> if you're a rich Republican or a rich Democrat, they're trying to fuck you. I don't disagree with you. What I'm saying is, is that the people who are in that middle class that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. we constantly separate ourselves from one another when we have more in common with one another another than we have with the the upper end of society is what i'm saying so we need to coalesce as a group from I that am- perspective and be able to get these people out whether it be by hook or by crook mm-hmm. whether it be by voting or revolution some way we need to understand that we need to get people in there who are looking out for the middle class's best interests and not just the elite i understand that but my problem is with the numbers is that numbers always go up so People have a hard time uh, understanding that, you know, nowadays middle class doesn't even include me. And I feel like I live, I'm not living paycheck to paycheck. I feel like I live a little more comfortable than that. But right now, I feel like I'm lower class. I also, just, just the way numbers go. I think there's a difference. I think uh, I noticed that now a lot of people use them interchangeably, but I teach my classes that there's a difference between middle class and, and working class. I define working class as, like you said, check to check. I, if I miss a check, I got to go to work to provide. If I miss a check and that doesn't, it doesn't matter how much you make. There's going to be some problems. If, if you miss a check, it's going to disturb. Disrupt. Your, dis- right. There you go. Disrupt, uh, you know, your everyday how you go about every day. Yeah. Middle class was more or less 
sometimes. So, for instance, I tell my students, what no matter how you how much money you make, they've already classified you as middle class by the fact that you're in college. You're you're trying to obtain a degree. Uh, they look at your education background. These are certain things that go into what does it mean to be middle class, right? So uh, because I have a PhD or because I have a master's or whatever, they'll look at me like, oh, he's middle class. I might be middle class. And, and I'm saying to use them into, yeah, on paper, yeah. but I'm also working class and middle class and, and working class is a little bit of difference because you got some folks who uh, may not have a degree. Right. Or, or you have some folks who may not live check to check and. Um, they're, they're, they're straight, they're straight. You know what I mean? Uh, working class. I, I'm working class with my Ph.D. If I miss a check, if 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 my job, any of my two jobs that I need to work, yeah. if any of them say I can't pay you yeah. on this week, it's going to disrupt my life. Mm. And 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 uh, the fact that I have a Ph.D., does not imply, I guess, maybe like it used to at some point, does not imply that I am in a particular economic class. My economic class is still working class, right? Um, so there's a slight difference, and I know sometimes those things are used interchangeably, but you got some poor folks who have degrees. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got some poor folks who have degrees. Well, there's a there's a saying, and I'm going to paraphrase, and it's attributed to one of the presidents. I don't know if it's LBJ or, you know, someone in that era. Mm-hmm. But he said, and I don't think he had the best intentions when he said this, but he said something to the effect of, you know, you can try your best uh, to get somebody to give you money for a cause. But if you make that man feel better, like he's better than another man, he'll empty his pockets for you. Oh, mm-hmm. I know that one. Right. Yeah, I don't. And mm-hmm. it's very true. And I think that is the psychological class warfare that they're waging on us. This is why I'm saying mm-hmm. we separating working class from middle class, mm-hmm. from lower class. And percentage wise, we're in the same, not only class, we're in the same school, mm-hmm. right? We in the same city, right. we in the same state, but they're on a different planet there's, there's- in terms of their wealth. So, they classify us as classes so that we can fight amongst ourselves, right? And empty our pockets for them. Mm. But this, but that was LBJ. Mm-hmm. That was LBJ, and the quote was, well, damn. "If you can convince the lowest white man he's better than the best colored man, he won't notice you're picking his pocket. Hell, give him somebody to look down on, and he'll, he'll empty, empty his, his pockets, pockets for, for you." you. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah. Hear what I'm saying? I do. And, and, and what I'm saying, not, I agree with that. What I'm saying is not that I agree with that, but yeah, that's, that was a crazy quote. What I'm saying is, <laughs> um, this term middle class that we see thrown around in these political debates, cause it's going to be used on both sides too. Cause Trump is going to use middle class. You need the middle class to win. Like you can't just rely. If it's a numbers game, you can't just rely on right, But this class. is what that's, that, that yeah. LBJ quote yeah. is exactly what they're doing. But I'm also They're still doing it. Yeah. The point I'm making is that middle class, if you define it the way I've defined it, has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah. Tell me what it is about the wh- I work. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't care if I'm middle class. And they're using that interchangeably. But I'm also like, that doesn't mean anything to yeah. me. 
Yeah. You know, and you to throw it around so much, it's it's used as this term that people yeah, like, yeah, it's, I want to identify. It's, it's a like, broad term that yeah. people feel or people want. Yeah. They don't they may, might not even be like that, but people want to believe that they're in that middle class. And then the people who are in that middle class want to believe they're about to get out of that middle class and move to a, yeah. another. Class. And the term middle class doesn't even come about until suburbs are created. And it's used as a way to justify who gets to go in the suburbs and who doesn't. Like, why is it such so many? So, example, why are white people moving in the suburbs and blacks aren't? And they don't have any idea that it's because of policies within GI. Because the, the suburbs are being filled with people who are we're really white veterans who are beneficiaries of the GI Bill. That's how suburbs are filled, not because they work themselves into this particular class, but that's the illusion that's put out there. Like, I got to work my way. Really, the middle class was a construct put together. Nobody worked their way into it. Like, if if this building, if this ceiling fell down, right, and Andrew got hit and died. We're at my house, man. Why I know. Are you I'm, I'm sorry. It got to be me, though. But I was, the point, yeah, the point I'm making. <laughs> Why is, my house got to fall down on Drew? I'm, I'm saying terrible. Be, because we're here, right? If, if your ceiling caved in and fell and, and Andrew go got struck in the head and he dies. Jesus. I can't say me and Rashad worked harder to stay alive. No, that we didn't work harder to stay alive. What happened was the cir- the circumstances that were created. Damn, he sat in the wrong seat. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But you know that's my point. But good discussion, guys. I think we went way over our time, but I'm sure that there's a lot more that can be said. Um, yeah, it's been an over an hour. But uh, like you guys said, I, I would just encourage everybody to. Really be educated. Keep paying attention. I I, I still think Trump is dangerous. Keep you know asking I mean? questions. Yeah, yeah. Trump, I still Question think is dangerous. Yourself. Yeah, but seriously, that this that doesn't just because Trump is dangerous. That doesn't mean that what we're seeing happening on this Democratic side is all fair game either. Right? There's a lot of things going on. That and I think the sheet is being pulled back. Be honest with you. I think a lot of people are seeing that it's not fair on this yeah, side man. either. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. All right, y'all. Wholeheartedly agree right there. Well, good talking to you, ugly brothers. (laughs) Well, thanks for that. (laughs) Peace out. I'm going to need another drink, man. (laughs) This this, this made me drive drive me to drink more.